Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. This morning, when I came into the studio, I saw a video of John Fetterman, and then I read the news about what had happened at the Senate hearing, and immediately, I was deeply concerned. For Seth Dillon of the Babylon Bee, because this poor man that you all know and love is trying his hardest to bring us joy and humor, but he is being beaten every day by the corporate press. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Newsweek wrote the headline, John Fetterman's question at Senate hearing leaves witness speechless. Speechless, you say. Of course, what they're trying to convince you of is that his question was so powerful, so mighty that the Senate witness was just flabbergasted. How do I answer this question? (laughs) The reality is John Fetterman didn't ask a question. John Fetterman went and then I have no idea what he was saying. Now, look, I feel bad. So so the bit aside, right, we know that the Babylon Bee is having a hard time competing with reality. It's even harder now that Newsweek has given them a run for their money. But all joking aside, I feel bad for John Fetterman. And of course, it's not just Fetterman. It's also Dianne Feinstein, who was absent recently because of shingles, now claiming, what do you mean? I've been here the whole time. And everyone's like, dude, you've not been here the whole time. I don't I don't know what needs to happen, but I tell you, the collapse is happening before your eyes and there's no denying it. I'm sorry, my friends. There is no denying it. John Fetterman strung together a bunch of random garbled words that made no sense. And Democrats were like, oh, such a powerful question. Huh? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. The dude didn't ask a question. He said a bunch of garbled nonsense. This is the game they're playing. They then take the garbled nonsense, write what they want him to have said, and then claim that's what he said. And that's it. And then, of course, you're going to get a bunch of urban liberal types who will read the news and read the quote and think that John Fetterman is a functioning human being. Look, I mean no ill will towards this guy. I feel really bad for him. You know, it was his dream to be in the Senate. Not that I think he's a good dude or anything like that or a smart guy, but he had a stroke. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. It's it's sad. It's it's scary. And now this guy can't do the job. You know, if something like that happened to me, I'd stop doing this. I'd figure something else out. Try and find somebody who can who can take over. I don't know. But it certainly is not this guy. Now, some people have talked about maybe it'll be his wife. Maybe we'd be better off. 
despite the fact people really don't like his wife. Come on. It would be better than this. I want to read for you this article from Newsweek. But first, I want to play the clip of John Fetterman for you so you can hear for yourself before we read what Newsweek had to say about leaving a witness speechless. I hope you all are prepared for this one because uh, you're probably not going to understand what's being said. Is, is it staggering? Is it a staggering responsibility that, a, that, that the head of a bank could literally could literally crash our economy? It's astonishing. That's like if you have I mean, like and, and they also realize is that 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 now they have it's in a guaranteed a guaranteed way to be saved by no again by no matter no by, by how you know so it's it's you know isn't it appropriate that the those kinds of this kind of control should be more stricter to prevent this kind of thing from going or should we just go on and start bailing and sailing whoever bank regardless of how how there's their conduct is You know, I'll give you an example. Uh, the Republicans want to give a, a work requirement for SNAP. You know, for a, 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 a hungry family has to, to have these this kind of penalties or these some kinds of word working uh, required. Shouldn't you have a working requirement after we sell your bank with billions of your bank? Because they seem to be more pre- preoccupied uh, when than SNAP uh, and requirements for works for hungry people, but not about protecting the tax, the taxpayers, you know, that will bail no matter whatever does about a bank to crash it. What? 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 Tax papers? Okay, we get it. You want to say taxpayers, but yo, I'm sorry. He didn't ask anything. He didn't say anything. That was nonsense. What is a, okay, let's try and be generous and say when he says there should be a work requirement for banks, what does that mean? They have jobs. When talking about SNAP benefits, you're saying someone should have a job to get the benefits. They have to be working and contributing to the economy. Somebody who's running a bank is running a bank. I don't like what they're doing, but your, your question makes literally no sense. And that's the point right here. Look, regardless of how, how there's conduct is. Huh? And then there's silence and he shrugs as if that is to imply the witness is speechless. I have no idea what to say to such profound reason. John Fetterman, you have bested me. Wow. This is where we are as a country. I mean, part of me just wants to pack it all in. And I've been saying this. This is insane that this can be going on in D.C. We're at the point where we have politicians It's happened before to a certain degree, but it's getting worse who are incapable of rational thought and comprehension. How? Please. What's going on, man? And then we have the corporate press. So we all saw the Durham report came out and everyone's saying it's an indictment of these Democrats in the soft coup. But don't forget the corporate press. They're in there as well. John Fetterman's question at Senate hearing leaves witness speechless. These people are evil. That's the only way I can describe it. Evil is the question leaving him speechless because it was nonsensical. Where's the subheaded? The subhead for this should say John Fetterman asked a question that was so incoherent. The witness had no idea how to respond. How about that for the truth? Instead, here's what they say. 
Senator John Fetterman's recent appearance at a Senate hearing caught the attention of his admirers and detractors alike, with some observers applauding the Democrat for his line of questioning and others speculating if he's fit to serve in Congress. On Tuesday, the Senate's Banking Committee held a hearing to examine what led to Silicon Valley Bank's collapse in March. At one point, Fetterman questioned former SVB CEO Greg Becker, the Democratic senator who recently returned to the Senate after being away for more than a month to receive inpatient care for clinical depression, stuttered as he asked Becker if there should be work requirements for bank executives who financial institutions have to be bailed out. Oh, you ready for this? Quote, Republicans want a work requirement for SNAP for hungry families. Shouldn't you have a working requirement after we bail out your bank? And they put bail out in brackets because they added it. Fetterman asked at the end of the hearing. When Becker did not respond for a few moments, Fetterman turned the hearing back over to the committee's chairman, Senator Sherrod Brown. Okay. If I was sitting there and I heard what Fetterman said, I'd just be like, I mean, I wouldn't be speechless. I wouldn't play that game. I'd say, Senator, I have no idea what you just said. At no point in your incoherent rambling was there anything that was resembling a thought or a question that I could answer. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Reacting on Twitter, conservative podcaster Graham Allen said that Fetterman is still struggling and hasn't recovered from his stroke, which is true. They go on to say, uh, using the senator and not caring for his well-being. Internet personality Colin Rugg tweeted that it was the most painful 90 seconds you will watch all month. While conservative commentator and OutKick founder Clay Travis said Fetterman was incapable of speech or coherent thought. Joe Colvello, spokesman for Fetterman, told Newsweek that his team has clearly said for months the former lieutenant governor continues to have the auditory processing issues due to the effects of a stroke. No, he was not listening he was speaking. He can't speak. There's a difference. If sickos on the internet want to keep making fun of John for recovering from a health challenge, that's between them and their consciences. Evil. That's it. Decay, corruption, a time in this country that will live in infamy if this country can survive it. A time when Democrats were willing to burn everything, everything to the ground for power. What cause? What purpose? What was accomplished by doing this with John Fetterman? Nothing. But they want power. They want to seize it and squeeze it and feel it to the point where they do things like this. Look, the Republican Party ain't so special. And I rag on them all the time. I think they're mostly trash. They're weak. And the Democrats are corrupt. This is the epitome of corruption. Of course, there's more. It's not just about John Fetterman. The feedback Fetterman received was not all negative. I'm so glad John Fetterman is back in the Senate, tweeted Victor Xi, the youngest Illinois delegate for Joe Biden. Here's what they did. Did you see what Newsweek did when they quoted him? This is what they do. They do it for Joe Biden. Joe Biden will be at the podium and someone will ask him something like, Mr. President, why, why is inflation skyrocketing and wages depressed? And why did this change happen the moment you became president? And Joe Biden will go, you know, we, we got listen here, man. You know, tr- Trump, Trump, Trump. We got it. We got an economy. You know, we got it. We got it. What? Got Got to get it good. Get the economy better. And then everyone will be like, I, I guess. And a journalist will then write in response to the tough question. Joe Biden went on to express the economy must be improved and that it was Trump's fault that he inherited such a weak economy. They, if they can't actually lie about the quote and structure it the way they want it to be structured, 
they'll paraphrase and say, in response, President Biden issued a strong decree about new regulations to strengthen this economy. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Look at this. Republicans want a working requirement for SNAP. You see how they, 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 they write it out? If they were honest, they would put all the break stutters brackets in there. And so you'd have to ask yourself what was said. Instead, look at this headline. John Fetterman's question at Senate hearing leaves witness speechless. Catherine Fung, you are despicable. This is despicable. I just I hate the corporate press with such passion. Here's the Daily Mail. Stroke victim Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman sparks fresh health concerns after stumbling incoherently through comments to Congress about the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Hey, that headline's true. I love it when people are like, Tim, why do you use the Daily Mail so much? And I'll tell you, every morning when I'm reading the news, I will see a story. I see something on Twitter or I'll look at the headlines from news outlets. I'll read them and then I'll go check the Daily Mail who has a more correct headline and more information in their article. That's right. They do a way better job. It's a tabloid, though. Look at this headline. Stroke victim Pennsylvania senator sparks fresh health concerns after stumbling incoherently through comments. That's the truth. The witness wasn't speechless because of a profound question. The witness was speechless, probably thinking, I have no idea what this man just said. How do you respond to it? Well, if you weren't such a pathetic loser, Silicon Valley Bank CEO, you'd say, Senator, with all due respect, what you said is not a coherent thought. I, 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 I take offense at the idea that I would be expected to answer such rambling, incoherent nonsense. With all due respect to you suffering a stroke, you should not be here. And I am deeply offended by the people of Pennsylvania for wasting my time. That's what I'd say. I just I wish we had more um, bravery, courage. In this country, what do you have to lose that you are so pathetic, Silicon Valley Bank CEO, that you would not even give me half of that? Senator, with all due respect, I don't understand what you just said. I mean, no ill will towards you. I do not understand the question or what you were trying to convey. Instead, he's just, ah, what am I do? Probably leaned over like, what did, what did he say? What was this? It's incredible. And the media and the Democrats cover it up, but it ain't just Fetterman. You ready for this? I've been here. I've been voting. 
Concern grows for ailing Dem Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein, 89, as she forgets about two and a half month shingles absence and insists she's been in Congress throughout. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Dianne Feinstein sparked confusion, confusion during her first appearance in the Senate in close to three months by claiming she'd been here the whole time. Quote, no, I've been here. I've been voting. The 89 year old told reporters on Tuesday when they asked how she was feeling and what her colleagues thought of her return. Please, you either know or don't know, she confusingly added. I believe that um, we should have an age. We should have age requirements. You should have to be, I think, 35 is fine. 35 is fine. And maybe a cap at 60. No joke. A cap at 60. I, I suppose it's challenging because I you got people like Ron Paul. Granted, he's also very old right now. So maybe maybe 70, you know, is fine. I think I think 70 may be OK. But this is just ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. How are we supposed to function? So I, I think I really do think we need to have some kind of service guarantee citizenship thing. You know, like I was talking about with Vivek Ramaswamy on the Culture War podcast, maybe it starts with when you sign up for selective service, you get a voter card. You can choose not to. It should not be mandatory. It should not be put in your face. Here's what should happen. When you turn 18, you go to selective service, fill out the card, male or female. They hand you a voter card and say, now nah, you can vote. That's it. You know why? Because so many of these people in cities would not do it. Why? Because they don't want to. They'd say, wait, I don't want to go to war. I don't want to be in the draft. I said, don't worry. The likelihood of a draft happening is low. It's not going to happen. I don't care. I ain't filling that out. Then they can't vote. I think at minimum, we must have this. This is why our country is falling apart. I referred to it as hypoxia. When you are hypoxic, meaning a lack of oxygen to the brain, you can't think straight. They do these really great experiments. You should watch them where they put someone in a pressurized chamber give them a sheet with math problems and say, solve the math problems. They then slowly reduce the amount of oxygen in the room only a little bit. And the people fill out the whole little, little quiz. And then once it's over, they start raising the oxygen levels back up. And what do you see? It starts with the math questions being answered very easily uh, and correctly. And these are simple ones like four plus eight, 12 plus 36. And then as it goes on, the answers start getting incoherent, and then eventually they're scribbles that you can't even read. And guess what? The people who are filling it out look at it and go, is that what I wrote? I thought I was getting the answer right. They don't even realize they're writing incoherent nonsense. When we know someone is suffering in that way, why would we, who are of sound mind, allow them to enact policy with a hypoxic brain? And that's the Democratic Party. The Republicans are weak. Don't get me wrong. Some of them, a small handful actually are trying. But for the most part, they're a garbage political party of weakness. Sitting back, watching Democrats who are completely out of their minds and incapable of forming coherent thoughts pass policy. And they do nothing about it. The Republicans in the House should file some kind of emergency papers or whatever to remove these senators. Now, I know there's no way to recall senators. Don't care. This, this country, we are human beings. We are not machines. We are not robots. And this is the weirdest thing to me. So many people believe that this country is predicated upon logic and code, as if the harsh words of a law mandate what be done. That's not it. They say there is no process to recall a senator. 
So you just do it. We are humans. We make up the rules. And if people agree, they are removed. Dianne Feinstein and John Fetterman should be impeached, removed, or I suppose impeached is the right word. Maybe they should be recalled and someone else should be in Congress instead. Instead, however, Democrats and the corporate press will just lie about what's being said and what's being done in an effort to cover up the fact that their representatives, the people they want to steal power, are incapable of coherent thought. Now, they come out and they say Donald Trump's crazy and all that stuff. Spare me. Donald Trump may be very, very old, very old. And if, if I, you know, if we did pass a seven, an age limit at 70, he wouldn't be president. But the dude clearly can speak and convey ideas. Joe Biden struggles. Now, why is that? Could be because he had several, I think, what did he have, aneurysms and got steel plates put in his brain? No, I don't blame him for that. That's sad. But if you can't do the job, you can't do the job. I'm not going to take a dude with no arms and be like, you're a firefighter now. So, well, okay, well, like, how's he, what's he going to do? Well, to be fair, maybe administrative work back at the, uh, uh, at the fire department, but he's not going to be on the front line. And in this case, these people should not be on the front line. So what do we do? I can only tell you this. With all the problems this country is facing, with the Durham report, with the soft coup against Donald Trump, with what Democrats have become. Isn't it fair to say at this point we recognize this country has already collapsed and it is held together by simple string and twine? Now you can say, no, that's not true, uh, dude. Look at the way the media reacts. Look at how they write these stories. Look at our president. Look at the Democratic Party. Come on. The Democratic Party is comprised now of people chasing algorithmic psychosis. Republicans are so pathetic and weak, they won't do anything to stop the Democrats. The economy is in shambles. They're saying the banks, the banks are starting to collapse. You know, you know, the only thing I can say is I do think humans are we're survivors. It's what we do. So despite the fact that things are getting bad, I think we'll be fine. But I'll tell you what I'm what I'm talking about. I'm looking at things getting a lot worse. So I am going to make the moves required to protect myself my friends and my family, because uh, looking at all this ain't confidence building. Diane Feinstein can barely open her eyes. Fetterman can barely speak. And, and, and it's like watching a, a clown show. It's like that, uh, that Kierkegaard thing about the clown where he comes out on stage and warns everybody there's a fire bro- broke out backstage. What is it? Going? It's a, a fire breaks out backstage and the clown runs out to warn the audience who begin laughing. They believe it's all just one big bit. He then frantically says, no, it's not. They laugh even harder. And then he says, I think that's how the world will go out with people thinking it's all one big joke. Take a look at this. Look at these people clapping for Feinstein. Where's the leadership? There's none. The United States has become a chicken running around with its head cut off. That's the only way I can describe it. Thanks to the media and thanks to our institutions and the cultural decay, that's where we are. Good times makes, make weak men. Weak men make hard times. I hope you're ready for that. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The headline from NBC News reads, Parents file a police report after teacher offers LGBTQ-themed book to her middle schoolers with a subheader that reads, quote, The notion that I was putting children in danger because of books, I knew I couldn't go back. 
said teacher Sarah Bonner. Here's the real story. The teacher provided a book to middle school children. These are kids who are probably between nine and 12 years old. The books included instructions on adult activities with explanations on consuming bodily materials. I want to keep it very light. I'll explain in greater detail and show you some examples later on. But considering I'm just about one minute into this video, I don't want to overload you just yet. This teacher provided a book which explained to minor children around the ages of 10 or 12 years old how to log on to adult gay sex apps to find random encounters to engage in sex. When a parent found out what was in this book, they called the police immediately. I believe the only reasonable assumption that can be made is that this teacher is a pedophile who is trying to groom children and teach them about lewd, lascivious adult behaviors. And by offering instruction on how to use sex apps for random encounters, I can only assume this teacher had ill intent, to put it mildly. Does NBC News explain any of that? No. And it's kind of shocking. The question is why? I don't know. I don't know the intentions of the journalist, Danielle Campoamor, uh, but I'm, I'm wondering why she omitted from this story these details breaking down what was actually being given to these children. There's no way this journalist is unaware of it. Anybody who looks up why a police report is filed is going to ask questions about what this teacher was giving to these children. The only conclusion I can make is that the journalist is trying to protect pedophiles. Now, there's a lot you can surmise after that fact. Perhaps the individual themselves, Danielle, uh, Danielle Campo Amor, perhaps she is also a pedophile. I don't know for sure. The journalist is not being uh, accused of providing materials to children in the way this teacher is. But I would say I have questions about why they would seek to obfuscate what really happened. To put it simply, if you heard an adult was going to 10 year old children to offer them instructions on how to use anonymous gay sex apps for random encounters, I mean, we would arrest that person, would we not? This is what the teacher did. Why would anyone try to obfuscate that and claim it was just a book? Why is this journalist doing it? You decide I have no idea. I mean, I have my opinions and I think most people will come to that conclusion. But let me just say the culture war is getting it's getting insane. The divide between what we believe is acceptable and what the left is pushing is becoming absurd. I have a video for you. I'll show in just a moment of people cheering on a small toddler at a drag show performing adult. Well, it's adult dancing, right? It is on the line where I would call it grooming, something that is very, very bad. It's not anything overtly uh, uh, visually shocking, I should say. It's not graphic in any way. They have a child dancing on stage to adult music. I want to make sure that's very clear in the beginning of this video. Why are they doing this? Why are they introducing children into this behavior? And why provide them these instructions? I can only assume it's because they're pedophiles. That's it. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? 
with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Let me start by reading you this story from NBC News. Sarah Bonner has been an Illinois middle school teacher for 20 years, and she has always tried to offer her students a diverse collection of books. This year, a parent called the police over her book choice, full stop. According to Bonner, it was multiple parents, plural, not a single parent. It started on Monday, March 13th, 2023, when she held what she calls a book tasting for her students. I wanted to give them a smattering of fiction and nonfiction to choose from on a day that we call Reading Monday, Bonner told Today.com. We just read and celebrate books. One of those books was Juno Dawson's book, quote, This Book is Gay. It's a best-selling nonfiction book that's billed by its publisher as an entertaining and informative instruction manual for anyone coming out as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or trans. In fact, it's more than that. It's a book explaining how to perform kink and other sexual acts and engage in other lewd and lascivious adult behavior. The book is not for children. It is not listed as being for children. This teacher provided it for children. You want to argue it's just for kids. Imagine if a teacher gave 50 shades of gray to children. Imagine if a teacher gave a playboy to children. Now, y'all, all, you're, many leftists are already saying, but Playboy is, is, is showing graphic images. So is this book. The book contains many graphic images and instruction. Things that will be harmful to children physically can put them in the hospital. Quote, by Wednesday, I received notice that parents had gotten a hold of pictures from that book that their child had taken in class. By Friday, I was told that parents, plural, had filed a police report against me for child endangerment. Officers, if you're if you're there, if you're listening, arrest this woman. She must be convicted. Hopefully she's not in a jurisdiction with the Soros DA. Today.com reached out to the local police chief who confirmed the report but declined to comment further. The notion that I was putting children in danger because of books, I didn't feel safe. I knew I couldn't go back. Over the years, Bonner has watched her students graduate and go to college only to return a year later because she says they had a tough time acclimating to bigger, more diverse spaces. I wanted to do something to support them, said Bonner, who has a 10 year old son. Please, officers, take this child away from this woman. I'm not a big fan of the government uh, uh, child system, but I think this child is in serious danger. I believe this woman is a pedophile. She has provided adult lewd images and instructions to children. And I believe that's the only reasonable conclusion that she is a danger to her child. 
After listening to her students' questions and interests, Bonner structured a curriculum that she says included a diverse library of texts, including books centering black, indigenous, and LGBTQ characters and themes. I've been fortunate up until now to be supported by the communities that I've taught with, Bonner says. The signs of potential issues start at the beginning of the school year in this heightened culture war that's continuing to build nationwide. This is the tweet from NBC News. It says an Illinois teacher offered her middle schoolers a best-selling LGBTQ-themed book. Parents filed a police report over her book choice. So we have this image that is censored, partly, because it shows lewd and graphic images and gives children instruction on eating feces, eating male fluids. Should 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 13-year-olds, I mean, these are middle schoolers, should they be given a book explaining the process by which you consume male reproductive fluids? What would you think of an adult who went to a child and gave them instructions on how to do these things? You'd say they were a pedophile. You'd say that they were a groomer pedophile and they should be removed from children. And this individual has been. Now, there's more, of course, but I worry if I were to show more from this book on YouTube, YouTube would likely take the video down for violating its rules. That's how egregious the book is. But I do believe I can show you a bit more because these don't have overt images, just weird pictures, but very descriptive behaviors. uh, Talking about bumming, telling children, instructing them on how to insert things into orifices in their body. One section is called a pro-sex app explaining how these children can hook up with adults in random encounters and how to get them on their phones. Why would a teacher provide instruction to children on how to have sex encounters with adults? Because the teacher's a pedophile. Now, of course, what NBC is doing and what many of these leftists do is they try to put up the LGBTQ shield and claim that criticism of a teacher instructing children on how to engage in random sex, likely with them, is actually just an attack on the LGBT community. My assumption is this. The reason this teacher is providing these materials to these children is likely so that the teacher can lure these children into dangerous circumstances. We do know that predators who target children tend to be people the children know. And there is a high likelihood, there is a high uh, instance of teachers abusing children. This shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. And I don't think it should be a surprise that NBC News is also trying to protect pedophiles. They say more than 1,600 books were banned during the 2021 school year, according to a report from PEN America, a nonprofit that advocates for free expression and literature. Quote, it's not necessarily about what happened to me. It's about how things have really changed for students. Notice they don't actually tell you, as I already have shown you, what's in the books. They don't want you to know. They want you to think that this is just a book about being LGBTQ. They don't want parents to know what was in it, because if the average person reading NBC News saw these images, they would be angry and offended. In fact, local news outlets likely can't show the images because it would violate some policy or regulation. According to a 2020 National Literacy Trust research report, most kids aged 9 through 18 say it's important to read books from a range of backgrounds. You see how they do this? Well, of course, reading books is important. Of course, banning books is bad. But we're not talking about banning books based on ideology. 
We're talking about restricting adult materials and instruction to children. Now, that's a big difference from banning a book. It's not like we're saying don't read Catcher in the Rye. We're saying don't give instruction to children on your strange proclivities. That's what they're doing. Nearly half said they liked to read stories with characters who are different from them. But this book isn't that. This book is an instruction manual, as NBC News already described. Sarah Bonner has been a teacher for 20 years. The caption says, here's the image of the individual. Those in favor of banning books in school often argue they're protecting children from inappropriate content and advocating for parental rights in school. And that's about as close as NBC News will get to explaining that they are providing instruction on consumption of male bodily fluids, male reproductive fluids to children. Why? Why? You tell me. Bonner says that she understands parents know their children best and believes that both parents and educators have that love and care in common. The difference is that I have that love and care for all students, not just a singular student. You see, and there it is. In regards to the book that was challenged in my classroom, it was a message to the LGBTQ plus community in my room and in my district that, that, that they're less than. No, it was parents who said, why is a teacher providing instruction to a young 10 year old or so child, 10, 11 or 12, on how to meet adults for random sex encounters? Now, that doesn't sound right, does it? That's what the book talks about. Gay sex apps. She says she has love for all of her students. You see, is this the language used by a pedophile who's explaining that they're trying to provide this instruction to the children? The day after Bonner learned about the police report, she received a letter from her school district. She had been placed on administrative leave. Do you think the school placed her on leave arbitrarily? Do you think that the parents in the school conspired to stop a teacher simply because the teacher was trying to avoid a book ban? Something doesn't add up, right? Whether you think I'm right or wrong, ask yourself this. Why would a parent file a police report and the school place this teacher on leave? Could it be? That there is something dark behind this teacher that has warranted even the school to say, we got to get this teacher out of here. Today reviewed a copy of the letter, which said in part the district recently became aware of certain allegations against Bonner and was currently investigating. Until the investigation was complete, Bonner was told not to perform any duties for the school district. Today.com reached out to a school district superintendent for comment, but did not immediately hear back. Bonner says she decided to resign. And there it is. Now she's fleeing. I think this is indicative of guilt. Now, look, innocent until proven guilty, just because someone filed a police report doesn't mean, you know, she's guilty of anything, except I will add she admitted to doing it. She admitted to doing it. Then when the school says we're going to investigate, she flees. And NBC News, of course, is saying it's just a book. It's just a book. No, I think this teacher was probably doing something. And the school is like, we better look into these allegations. And now she's fleeing. No, no, no. I just quit. I just quit. What? Why? If you didn't do anything wrong, why would you quit? Interesting. I couldn't be the professional I've worked hard to be, she says. Makes no sense. If you were at work, let's say you worked at a uh, phone store and someone came in and said, there's a phone missing. Someone stole it. We're investigating you. Would you just walk out the door and throw your, your shirt on the ground and be like, I refuse to work here. How dare you? Or would you be like, yeah, I didn't take anything. I mean, check the cameras. Wouldn't you want them to check the cameras? I think people are innocent until proven guilty. But we also investigate people we think did the crime. That is to say, there could be a suspect who doesn't get arrested, 
But we investigate that suspect. We check security cameras and surveillance. If I'll tell you this. If someone's accused of a crime, but not charged, not indicted, nor convicted, and the police are like, we want to uh, just do some investigating into where you were on this night in question when the crime was committed. And they go, OK. And then they turn around and run full speed and try and flee. I'd be like, OK, they, they probably did something. Uh, again, innocent until pr- proven guilty. The investigation won't stop. But I just think that is suspect. Not, look, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't want to be so definitive and absolute. Running away from cops doesn't always mean guilt. And you are innocent of any wrongdoing until proven guilty. But what about the instance where the police say, sir, we have probable cause to detain you because you've been accused of a crime. Can we check your pockets? And then they run. The police have probable cause to detain you and search your pockets. If a teacher is being investigated for providing lewd and lascivious material to children and then says, I quit, I'm leaving. Hmm. I have to wonder. The following Thursday, the school district held a special board meeting and voted unanimously to accept Bonner's resignation. My first instinct was the kids, Bonner says, adding that many of her current and former students spoke during a board meeting to say that her classroom was a safe space. But isn't that what pedophiles do? They go to children, give them candy and treats and say, you can trust me. Your parents wouldn't understand. It's safe here. They try to separate them from the parents. Convincing children it's safe. If I am a safe space, safe place and I'm leaving, what does that do for our students? Bonner asks. What about the kids? Has always been a question rooted in everything I do. Thinking about what happens to them was definitely hard. Very, very, very disturbing. Very disturbing considering what I've already shown you. I, 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 I can't read this. Letting a. I'm going to paraphrase. Here's what it says. It says placing male fluids in your mouth is a no, no. It goes on to explain in more detail. It has passages explaining the benefits of using grinder for anonymous and random adult hookups. And they're giving this to children. Why? Is it unreasonable to say that it appears this teacher is grooming kids? I think that's what we're seeing. And then we see this story. Florida teacher says she's under investigation for showing Disney movie to fifth grade class. Yes, the movie Strange Worlds, which includes a gay character. And she says that's why she's being investigated. I don't believe it. I just don't. I think these teachers are, are lying. I think we know that there is a problem of teachers abusing children. And the left likes to respond and says there's a problem of priests doing the same thing. And I'm like, uh-huh, yes, OK, we should investigate them as well. But they're not a governmental institution. So those are private matters that need to be resolved. And we should investigate these people. This is public schools. These are public taxpayer funded institutions. If the government is facilitating criminal abuse against children, that is a priority. That is something we must stop. This is where we are as a country. Here's the video I mentioned earlier. A rooftop bar in Melbourne hosting a drag show. They brought a child on the stage to twerk a child who appears to be about six or seven, maybe five or six years old. As the crowd all cheers and screams, smiling. What are they clapping and smiling for? This is the divergence of our culture. This is the divide in the culture war that I do not, can, I do not believe can be rectified. 
They are creating an environment where teachers like this are giving instruction to children on how to meet adult individuals for random sexual encounters. And when called out, they simply say they're banning books. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And people fall for it. The only thing I can say is this. Keep your kids out of these schools. Do your best. Start getting away from these cities. I made a joke on Twitter, as I often do, that we must accept the sacrifices to Moloch to course correct our civilization. And I wonder if what that's really, really what it's about. I mean, I think about this. You hear about these old child sacrifices and I'm like, huh? what if what they were really doing was just getting rid of these people? That's horrifying. It's terrifying. These leftists are sterilizing their children and aborting their children. And so I guess the, the reality is so long as you keep your kids safe from these predators and pedophiles, give it 20, 40 years, within a couple generations, our country will course correct. And we will remove the depravity and the evil to a great degree from society. It's almost a self-correcting problem in that these individuals abort their kids and sterilize their kids. It's horrifying. I think this woman is deeply evil. Evil. And we've seen similar things like this. Of course, we have the book Gender Queer that I often uh, will show to people. Conservatives, many of them haven't even read it. They don't even know how horrifying the book is. And how it explains the author is sexually aroused at the thought of being man, a man, the female author. And then she explains that in her grade school, she tells the children to refer to her in certain ways. It's kind of obvious what these people are doing, isn't it? Where are the police? It's time to start calling the police. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. At first... The left said that there were no surgeries being performed on children. Then the narrative evolved to it's only being performed on older teenagers. That's what we meant. It then evolved to and we're only talking about top surgeries for teenage girls, which then slowly changed to, well, yes, they do sometimes. And then finally, we ended up with Texas Children's Hospital saying, OK, we'll stop. But did they? They did not. What ended up happening was leaked documents have come out showing that Texas Children's Hospital is still performing sex change surgeries and medical intervention on young children as young as 11. And what's the response from the left who repeatedly said this didn't happen? The response was, how dare someone leak confidential medical information to Chris Rufo, of all people. This is a massive scandal, ladies and gentlemen. Let me read for you the story from cityjournal.org. Sex change procedures at Texas Children's Hospital. Doctors said they would stop such medical interventions. Whistleblower documents prove that they haven't. Now, here's what's really fascinating. I think I have um, the tweets here. Let me see if I can pull them up from Chris Rufo. Not this Twitter thread. Perhaps it's uh, this Twitter thread. In response to the leaking of this information, the doctors began 
purging information from the hospital website, as well as shutting down social media accounts. It's very strange. As brought up by Christopher Rufo and Colin Wright. Colin Wright says any other doctor performing any other procedure would simply defend it based on the evidence. A cancer ward would never scrub their website if you yelled that chemotherapy was poison. They'd simply explain how it helps cancer patients. Which brings us back to the big scandal here. It appears that these doctors know they are harming children, and they're trying to remove the evidence. City Journal, Christopher Rufo writes, Last spring, executives at Texas Children's Hospital announced that they would cease performing transgender medical procedures on children, citing potential legal and criminal liability. The hospital's chief pediatrician, Catherine Gordon, an advocate for, quote, gender-affirming therapy, abruptly resigned. Rufo writes, I have obtained exclusive whistleblower documents showing that despite its public statements, the Houston-based Children's Hospital, the largest in the U.S., has secretly continued to perform trans medical interventions, including the use of implantable puberty blockers on minor children. As an institution, Texas Children's Hospital has openly promoted gender-affirming care to its physicians. In January of this year, TCH and Baylor College of Medicine, which works in partnership with the Children's Hospital, hosted a pediatric grand rounds titled Medical and Psychological, Psychological Care of Gender Diverse Youth, describing the process of sex change interventions from puberty blockers to cross-sex hormones to genital surgeries. According to this presentation, TCH and Baylor College of Medicine encouraged doctors to begin treatment with puberty blockers and hormones during adolescence and then consider surgeries, including breast removal and genital reconstruction in adulthood. Though the presenters explained that some surgical procedures would be appropriate for adolescents on a case by case basis. Now, the Twitter thread we have from Christopher Rufo in the article shows that they've actually continued to engage in these therapies. Now, I want to highlight this right here. Rufo states, another Texas children's doctor, Harvard-trained surgeon Christy Rialon, inserted and removed non-biodegradable drug delivery implants for gender dysphoria in pediatric patients on 11 to 15-year-olds. What was the response, of course, to this revelation? Leftism for you tweets, nothing to see here, just at, just at Esquire, defending an 11-year-old getting a drug delivery implant to help with her transition to male and having an issue with real Chris Rufo exposing it. Chris Rufo says, according to medical records, Dr. Rielan surgically inserted a drug delivery implant on an 11-year-old female to male transgender person three days after the hospital had announced that it had stopped. Alejandra Caraballo says, who the hell is leaking confidential medical records to, of trans kids to Chris Rufo this is a massive intrusion of privacy, and whoever did it violated HIPAA. Perhaps. But I do believe there are whistleblower protections, and it seems like this may actually be a criminal action or rogue. If the hospital says they're shutting down, they're not going to do this. Not, not shutting down entirely, but stopping child sex change treatments. And a doctor continues to do so. Is that not a rogue doctor? Unless, of course, the institution lied to the public and then began deleting the evidence. Now, why would they do that? Unless they knew what they were doing was wrong and they were hurting people and they're trying to cover it up. 
Richard Roberts, a University of Virginia trained endocrinologist and assistant professor at Baylor College of Medicine, who co-presented the Grand Rounds, is also listed in medical records as performing transgender medical procedures on minors at TCH. According to these records, Roberts has managed patients in, uh, ranging in age from 12 to 17 years old for gender identity and dysphoria with indications for medication, testosterone levels, medicine refill, and specialty services. Despite the hospital's statement that it had ceased these practices, Roberts has continued to manage a heavy caseload of gender for gender-affirming care, including multiple patient visits in a single day last week for gender dysphoria and gender identity, and another for hormone replacement therapy. Another doctor at Texas Children's, a Harvard-trained surgeon, uh, this is Christy Rialon, once again, we mentioned her already, has also been involved in conducting transsurgical procedures on minors. They go on to mention the 11-year-old who received a drug implant device. The patients getting implants from Rialon were 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. It says, it says uh, implants or removals. 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. Other medical records confirm that Rialon has administered the drug Supralin LA, Supralin LA, an implantable gonadotropin releasing hormone medication that is one of the most commonly used drugs for blocking puberty in trans identified children. The executives at Texas Children's appeared to be playing a duplicitous game. They announced the hospital had stopped performing transgender medical interventions on minors. But this is simply untrue. TCH doctors administered such procedures days after the announcement, and they have continued to perform them throughout 2022 and 2023. If gender affirming care is truly the gold standard in medicine, TCH should defend it openly, not perform it in secret. State legislatures currently considering a bill to ban such procedures should launch an investigation into the hospital and require those involved to account for their practices or face severe consequences. Interestingly, Chris Rufo tweets, Texas Children's Hospital has quickly wiped Dr. Christy Rialon's bio from its website after I exposed the Harvard-trained surgeon for performing sex change procedures on children as, as young as 11 years old. As I write my report, if gender-affirming care is truly the gold standard, they should be defending it. Colin Wright says any other doctor performing any other procedure would simply defend it. Now, I read that one, but let's elaborate there. Cancer. We give people chemotherapy. We know that chemo causes people to undergo serious side effects, but we accept it. Some people don't. Some people say there's got to be other methods and chemo is very, very bad for you and has a low success rate. Fine. But most people understand the general idea around chemotherapy. When people criticize hospitals, and they do a lot, there's many people Google search this who say that chemo killed their loved one. It wasn't the cancer. Nobody at these hospitals is deleting their oncology department bios, their, their, their oncologist doctors. No one's removing any of the information. They're simply saying it's the best we've got. What more can be done? So why erase information on the child sex change surgeries being performed at this hospital unless they know what they're doing is wrong? I have to wonder how it is there are so many people who are engaging in these practices. In this image, Rufo says, according to internal records, Dr. Richard Ogden, uh, Ogden Roberts, has managed patients ranging from the ages of 12 to 17 year olds, uh, 17 year olds for gender identity and gender dysphoria with indications for medication, testosterone levels, medicine refill, etc. Why are they hiding this and what is their true intention? I suppose the left will make the argument that they fear it will be made illegal. So they're trying to hide it. 
But that's not how you win civil rights. We didn't have, you know, those who oppose segregation secretly trying to break segregation. They did it openly to make sure everyone knew. Marijuana is becoming illegal across this country, not because people were hiding and doing it. It's because they publicly did it. Dave Chappelle made a movie called Half-Baked. Think about how funny that is. A movie, extremely popular cult classic with the famous comedian in the world. It's an older movie it's from what is it, 2000s. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. About smoking pot. A drug that is still illegal at the highest levels federally in this country. Yet people were so open about their their doing of it. It was so culturally acceptable. The law changed. So why cover it up? My my view on this is that these doctors know what they're doing is evil. They know what they're doing is wrong. And they know this is not something that will be accepted. They're causing serious harm to children, probably for experimental reasons or maybe ideological reasons. And it's horrifying. But I'll stress this point. When progress comes about in this country, it's through public acceptance and loud voices marching across a bridge, refusing to adhere to segregation rules. It came with people demanding it and filing lawsuits about it. Interracial marriage, a lawsuit, not deleting and hiding it. It came to the end of the end of civil uh, slavery came with a civil war of people screaming to the high heavens. It must be done. Slavery must be over. Not hiding their beliefs. So I have to wonder. Good job to Chris Rufo. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Matt Walsh has called for a boycott of Target, saying what Target is doing is far worse than anything Bud Light did. They are selling chest binders and tuck-friendly bathing suits for children We did it with Bud Light. Now it's Target's turn. Newsweek says Target's LGBTQ plus pride range sparks boycott calls after Bud Light controversy. Now, Matt Walsh accurately points out boycotting Target ain't going to be easy. Bud Light's easy. You go to the store, buy a different beer. It worked. Target, for many people, it's the only store in their area, and it's a one-stop shop for many important goods. But the story of what's going on with their LGBTQ pride range, as it's called, is not just that they had a section one time for pride month, as they call it, but it's that generally they have a ton of queer propaganda all throughout their stores. Numerous videos are propping up, I'm sorry, are popping up of individuals asking these questions. One that's been going around shows a woman ask where the straight section is. Now, of course, the left will argue that every section is a straight section and there's only one small pride section. Of course, that's a lie and a manipulation, because when you go into the cookware section, there's no pictures of adult men and women being married and having kids or anything like that. It's just a bland section with pots and pans. Yet you go into one particular area and what do they have? Ideological symbolism and advocacy. 
So yes, there are questions about when Target will start in, uh, in reinforcing the ideology of traditional families and marriage, which they don't do. They don't do. The argument from the left is that all things are default, but that's not the case. Not every single thing all the time, a, a, a bottle of Coke or laundry detergent is in any way, none of these things are in any way promoting traditional lifestyles. Except when you look at the Pride Month products, they overtly, overtly espouse advocacy for sexual identity and sexual behaviors, which is why people are calling for a boycott. Newsweek says, recently released range of clothing by Target for Pride Month, which takes place every June. It, 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 sure. They just said it one day and then everyone started acting like it was the case. Pride Month. What does that even mean? Why do we have a month dedicated to pride? You see, they're not talking about pride. This is the interesting thing. I, I, I've questioned this idea, pride as a word, pride, proud. Why? If they called it LGBTQ rights month, I'd say, okay. Or LGBT history month, I'd say, oh, I get that because they try and dedicate a span of time to some kind of idea or information. Pride, however. That word, that choice of words, I find interesting, as it is, of course, one of the seven deadly sins. They say many people calling for the retailer to receive the Bud Light treatment. The beer brand, we understand. Moving on. Several brands have been the target of condemnation from conservatives over marketing advocating for the LGBTQ plus community, while experts have said such campaigns provide an opportunity for brands to appeal to consumers in new markets. Critics have accused the companies of alienating their traditional customer base. More importantly, I think the issue here is the targeting of children. So while I can show you this video of a woman saying, where's the straight section? And you get the idea. Or a video of a man walking around saying, look at what the products they have for children are. One of them is tucking bathing suits for boys, which is strange. This one I thought was particularly interesting. Take a look at this video. Hey, what's up, guys? Here I am in Target, my local Target, right? Check this out. So we're in the boys section, guys, boys clothes section. I want to show you over here. This is the clothing you have for boys. Dinosaurs are cool, right? There's a big rainbow behind the dinosaur. We're not going to stop there. we got a cloud hula hooping with a rainbow. What's this? Trucks are cool, right? Pick it up a rainbow. Why are we picking up a rainbow, guys? Why is this boys clothing today? I'm not done. Like Baby Shark? Bye-bye. There's masculinity. That's what they're doing. They're destroying masculinity. Guys, it's time to stand up against this wokeness. So here we have a guy wearing a shirt that said God made with a picture of a man and woman, taking issue with the fact that all of these pieces of clothing have rainbows on them. What does a rainbow mean? Well, it was God's covenant that he would no longer, he, he would not flood the earth after Noah. I'm not an expert on this stuff, but that's, that's what Seamus says. So I say, okay, take it back. However, what we know now is the rainbow is the general symbol for LGBTQ ideology, for gender and sex ideology, leftist, critical gender ideology. So what they'll try and do, because they're groomers and they're manipulators, is argue, rainbow. why are you freaking out? Well, as you can see with this one video, it's not just about the fact they're putting rainbows on clothing. It's that they've dedicated whole sections to this. And here we go. P uh, point of view, you take your kid to Target. In Target, Matt Walsh points out, they have bathing suits for tucking. They also have a bunch of rainbows, queer all year calendar. You have a shirt saying queer, queer, queer. Why? Why are they selling these products? 
The argument, of course, is that it's capitalist. They're trying to appeal to a market. But hold on there. That market's very small. Queer people, that's single low percentage of the population. So what are they really targeting? It's the ideology. It's leftist ideology. Now, ultimately, I don't believe a boycott of Target will be effective. In fact, I think it will be. I I think it will backfire if conservatives do try because it won't go anywhere. Bud Light was easy in that you understand. Now, that being said, you can choose not to shop at Target and go somewhere else if you can. And that could have an impact. But I don't know if it moves the needle for large department stores. I think the big picture here is just talking about these issues and and bringing up these videos, I think, is a good first step to point out that it's not just they have rainbows. You might see that as silly, but it's about the whole picture of what they're doing in places all across the country. I don't care if someone's gay. I don't care if they're LGBTQ. Really don't. You can do whatever you want. My question is, why are you trying to put this around children so much? Now, I put a joke up on Twitter and I said that only when Moloch is satiated will our culture course correct. But here's my view. The left is indoctrinating their children into a lifestyle that results in no reproduction or limited reproduction. They're advocating for abortion, which terminates the life of children. And they're advocating for sterilizing children. Whether intentionally or not, the left takes a strong view which results in less children. So I shrug. A lot of conservatives are like, I'm not going to let them do this to these kids. And I'm like, oh, no, I get it. You know what I mean? I I totally get it. But my view is kind of like in 20 to 40 years, they don't exist anymore. And that's probably why they don't try arguing with me when I point that out. They don't try arguing with me when I say things like they're sterilizing their children. They just ignore it. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you think these leftists want to come out and admit that they are taking away the ability to reproduce of these children? or inhibiting it, or taking their lives. They don't. We had Lance from the Serfs, who's a leftist, came on the show, and I said, I believe there is a trans genocide, and I believe it is being carried out by liberals and the left, because they are advocating for medications and surgeries which will sterilize people suffering from gender dysphoria, thus eliminating whatever these genes are from our future gene pools. That sounds like genocide. That sounds explicitly like some kind of genocide. So I have to wonder about all of this. And uh, I, I suppose the line between conspiracy and, uh, is simply whether or not they intend for it to happen. I don't know what their intentions are. I can tell you this. If you're going to indoctrinate children into gender ideology, you're going to confuse children, you're going to sterilize or abort children in the future, it, there's just going to be a lot less of these kids. They're less likely to reproduce themselves. They will carry on those ideas for their children. And eventually, there won't be any of these people. The right then says, yeah, but they're coming for your kids. Yeah, we know. 
So be a good parent and keep them away from your kids. But maybe the end result is just this. Those that are not smart enough to see what's going on will walk blindly into it and they won't care. They'll say, why do you care so much? Okay. All right. I'll entertain that question. Conservatives, why do you care so much? Why do you care so much that liberals are sterilizing their kids? In 20 to 40 years, there'll be no liberal voters. Why do you care so much that they're aborting their kids? They're eliminating themselves in the gene pool. Why do you care so much? Now, I know the real answer, because conservatives don't want people to be harmed. They want people to live better, happier, healthier lives. But the left doesn't care. Short term gains, long term losses. You know, conservatives tend to be more about the long term gains with short term investment. And that's why. No matter what you do, I think nature is is taking the reins on this one. Whether or not you target boycotts entirely, uh, whether or not you boycott target, you target boycotts, you boycott target is entirely up to you. As for what's happening in this country, as horrified as you may be, no matter what you do. Eventually, this problem won't exist anymore, either because the people have sterilized themselves and then they age out, they get older and they don't reproduce, or because your activism puts a, an illegal end to it. The end result can only be one thing. This ideology can't persist. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. In one sentence, Matt Gates issued a delicious smackdown to the far left lies and manipulations as it pertains to body positivity and feminism, saying, quote, nobody wants to buy beer from Lizzo. Matt Gates defends Miller Lite bikini ads that firm apologized for and says they encourage men to buy beer. You may have seen the story. It came out that Miller Lite produced a commercial where they said they're going to take old advertisements of bikini clad women, compost it, grow hops from it, donate those hops to women brewers who can make beer. I think the first and obvious problem, as I've mentioned before, is that there's chemicals, dyes and garbage in those adverts, and I don't want that leaching into my hops for which I will drink. So I'll pass. The only thing Miller Lite accomplished is me saying, watch out for, for beer brewed by women, because if they use those garbage hops, it could have like dyes and chemicals leached into it. So ugh, not interested. But it's, but the important thing is this Miller Lite ad happened before the Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light thing. Many people are criticizing Miller because they're saying they want to get rid of bikini ads. This, this woman goes, they made us wear bikinis. Oh, because women have no agency and don't like wearing bikinis. No, it's quite the opposite. Women want to wear bikinis. They like them and they buy them. Nobody forced them to wear the bikinis. But here's where Matt Gates, uh, well, he drops the hammer on Miller Lite and body positivity. Nobody wants to buy beer from Lizzo. I wonder if they have a picture of Lizzo. They do. Lizzo is morbidly obese. I am deeply concerned about her health. I, I, I would uh, uh, be, ho- I hope that someone will tell Lizzo to, to go to a doctor to get some good medical advice because she is she is not going to live very long as morbidly obese as she is. So I guess I guess they're just showing everything. Men fighting, busty women. Oh, look at that. Is that Meghan Markle? She appeared for a commercial in 2010. Not in a bikini, though. So Lizzo is morbidly obese. Now, whether or not anyone wants to buy a beer from her, I don't know. Apparently, there's an image from Late Night with Seth Meyers of her drinking something. But I want to show you this. It's, a tw- it's an Instagram post from Jeff Dye, retweeted by Filibanti. He said, if Lizzo is so beautiful, why do women get mad anytime I tell them you look like Lizzo? 
because Lizzo is not beautiful and because women know she's not beautiful because she is sickly and morbidly obese. I saw a tweet, I think it was from Jordan Peterson or something, where he said that obesity is a disease caused by excess carbohydrate consumption. And I think he's right. And I think what we're seeing now is people like Lizzo, sickly, diseased. And I'm not saying that in a mean way. I'm saying suffering from a disease, obesity, which I believe is a disease because she's over consuming carbohydrates. It is not healthy. It is not good for her. I want her to be healthier and happier. Look at um, you had two, you had Adele and you had that. Um, who's that other morbidly obese woman who got really skinny? The comedian. I can't remember her name. Uh, what Rebel Wilson. There you go. Rebel Wilson. They were morbidly obese. They lost a lot of weight. They chose to live better. I weighed 200 pounds a year and a half ago, cut out the sugars and dropped 30 pounds. That's right. Decided to live better. And it was because of the sugar. So you look at beer, Miller Lite, it's supposed to be less calories, so you don't have to be morbidly obese. Matt Gates slams Lizzo in talking about the Miller Lite commercial. This is what I think is fascinating about what we're seeing in this country. There is a tendency among the left to just slip into chaos, destruction, disease, and uncertainty. And the right wants structure. Structure is a good thing. You go too far into it, you get harsh order and authoritarianism. That's a bad thing. You go too far towards chaos and you can't even tell what's real anymore. You get sick and you die and you cease to exist. We don't want that. So there's got to be a fine balance where people are allowed to explore this world, and this reality, live the way they so choose without destroying everything, which means if you're morbidly obese and you want to drink, chug a bunch of beer and get real fat and sick, I don't care that you do. But our society should not encourage it. We should say two things. One, if you want to live this way, live this way. Two, also living this way will likely kill you. So we encourage you you not to do it. But we'll allow it. That is a classically liberal society, which we don't have anymore. Now we have vice, a society of pure vice. Now, conservatives try to hold on for dear life to something that can bring structure and order and help us move forward and progress. But the left is all about what feels good right now, no matter what, meaning they will eat garbage and get sick and then demand you pay for their health care. It means that they don't care for space travel. They don't care for invention. They care for chocolate drenched cinnamon fried ice cream in a bowl of caramel sauce with whipped cream on top. And you know what? It's delicious. And after you eat it, you might gain some weight. And nobody should make fun of you for having no self-control and no willpower. And that's what I find really interesting about this whole culture war issue. Every single thing I see really does feel like night versus day. It, It feels like yin yang. It feels like negative one, positive one. The left seems to be chaos, destruction, evil, malnourishment, morbid obesity. The right seems to be exercise, health, order, structure. I say tends to be. There are a lot of leftists who are fit and eat right. There are a lot of conservatives who are morbidly obese and gross. It's about tendencies. One will lead you towards happiness and comfort. You live a smile on your face as you feel better than you've ever, ever felt in your life when you get rid of the alcohol and the sugar. On the left, they use the alcohol and the sugar 
to feel good in the short term. And then when their bodies become sickly and unhealthy, they take in more sugar and alcohol to make themselves feel better again. It's destructive. It's addiction. You know, I often tell people you got to exercise. You know why? If you've not exercised and ever been fit, some people never have been. They've been chunky or overweight. You just feel good all the time, all the time. And it makes sense. You work hard. And this is the crazy thing about exercise. I don't even understand why people don't like doing it. I love exercising, going out and skate. We want, we're going to go skate in a little bit, do some 360 flips. It's fun. It feels good. So this is the crazy thing. Here's what I see with the addiction. Sure, it feels good in the short term, but it's hard to maintain. If you get into exercise, hanging out with good people who encourage you, eating healthy and being fit, you feel good all the time and you have fun doing it. I exercise. I go out and skate. I don't go out and skate because I want to be fit and lose weight. I go out and skate because it is fun to ride around and to get air and to do tricks. And then you get drenched in sweat and your body improves because of it. So you mean to tell me I can go out and have a good time and then I feel better all the time because of it? It's a crazy, it's a crazy idea. It's win, win, win. You just feel good, good, good. There's no balance there. There's no negative. But for the people who don't exercise, who eat nothing but garbage, who are morbidly obese, they're clearly unwell. Not all of them are, not all of them are unhappy. I'm sure there are many of you who are watching who might find yourselves being obese and you may be happy. And I say, yeah, good for you. Live how you want to live. That's fine. I'll live how I want to live. But I think you'd be happier if you were fit. I think you'd, you'd look better. You'd have more confidence. You'd live longer. You'd save money. You'd think more clearly. You'd see better. You'd hear better. Everything would just be better. And ain't nobody going to be making fun of you or calling you Lizzo. But this is where we are in the modern world right now. Feminists and women go around claiming that Lizzo is beautiful. But then if you call them Lizzo, they'll get mad. They'll say Dylan Mulvaney is beautiful. What do you think would happen if you called a woman as attractive as Dylan Mulvaney? What do you think would happen if you went to a woman who was a feminist and you said, wow, you look a lot like Dylan Mulvaney? Do you think they would feel good about that? Because it's all a lie. It's all an act. We know morbid obese, obesity is bad for you, causes cancer, can kill you. But the left lies and pretends because they don't want to admit they're wrong. They don't want to admit they screwed up. They don't want to admit they are leading people down dangerous, dark paths. So what do they do? They encourage other people to do it. Man, I've never seen a better example of misery loves company. And that is the modern culture war. It's a lot more than that. It's not just the morbid obesity of Lizzo or Matt Gates roasting or anything like that. It's not just Miller Lite or Bud Light. But a large component of it is, are you willing to roll up your sleeves, do some heavy lifting so that you can live better tomorrow? The left says, no, you pay for my health care. The right says, pay for it yourself. I think a solution to a lot of our problems is to take young people and force them. Every 18 year old as part of their high school has to go on a camping retreat. Three weeks out in the wilderness, and you have only limited supplies. Let's see how you do. It'll be done safely and securely. I tell people to drop their kids off in the woods, and they're like, whoa, whoa, I'm not saying abandon them. I'm saying bring your kids to the woods, hang out nearby, and see how they do. Be there to protect and to guide them, but teach them to be self-sufficient. Have them exercise. 
Anyway, you get the point. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.